0: Hey, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, episode 159. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Teen Titans. No Dom this week, as we talked about last week. He's currently on vacation in Arizona. Uh, hopefully, wherever he's at has AC. Uh, he's not melting on the side of a road. Uh, <laughs> I've been to Arizona a couple of times, and it, it's it's hot. Like when obviously I'm from New Mexico, and when most people think of New Mexico, they think of Mexico. But as a state, we actually get all four seasons. We get snow, we get rain. Obviously, we don't get as much snow as, you know, Central America. And we don't get as much rain as the Pacific Northwest. But, like, we get our mix, right? Arizona is the Mexico heat. It is the heat. Get inside and have some AC, you know. Um, I I think I actually remember one of my friends who uh, used to live in Arizona and then moved to New Mexico saying that it's, It's mandatory for people who are renting out houses that you have to have uh, air conditioning in the place. Like, It's a priority, which is really interesting.
1: You would be surprised some of the cities and the locations and areas around the United States where AC is not a standard. Yeah. It's wild. Now, I mean, if you're in an old-ass apartment in Nashville and it's kind of like some... Bunk ass shit, you know, that might not have AC, but AC is a fucking standard in humid ass Nashville, Tennessee. I know that much.
0: Well, the crazy thing is it's basically non existent in England. Um, I have a couple of buddies who live in Bristol Japan. and, uh, yeah, in Japan too. Uh, but in England, because for the longest time, obviously, they have gloomy weather. With global warming and everything, it, they've been getting a lot hotter of summers. And they're dying because <laughs> they're like, you know, AC yeah. is in a, a – here in America, even if you don't have AC, it's pretty easy to get an uh, air conditioning unit, right? Even like a oh, one that you yeah. rig up it, in your own window. In right, England, exactly. it's like a specialty item essentially because it's yeah. just not – for as long as, you know, the modern era of air conditioning has been around, England hasn't really needed that because it doesn't ever get that hot except for maybe a couple of days out of the year. But like I said, with, Which, with global warming and everything, it's like it's happening a lot more often. So, as
1: advanced as people love to talk about, uh, like the world being, <laughs> yeah. plenty of examples where it's like, well, I think we still got plenty to fix up in the present, boys, exactly, and girls, and everything in between.
0: In terms of what we've been playing, I mentioned to you before the show. I didn't actually play much of anything. Um, mm. I guess. I'm trying to think if there's anything worthy of even, I didn't have a chance to get around to control. Um, no, nothing there in terms of watching stuff. Uh, I'm almost the next episode I'm going to be watching is the season finale of season four of breaking bad. So I'm excited about that. Um, and yeah, I've started up obviously season, uh, Titan season two. Uh, Oh, I'm currently halfway through the boys as well. I don't know if I had ever mentioned that. You uh, said you
1: were about to start it, so what do you think?
0: Uh, I like it. The one thing I do know is the stuff with Starlight is a lot darker in the comics. You know, the whole thing with her in the deep. Everything. Everything uh,
1: about the... It's actually more between her and uh, Homelander in the comics. And I would say that everything in the comics is a lot darker, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I I like it. But it's not my ideal type of superhero st- uh, like story, but I like it because it's so different than everything currently going on. It's a nice uh, like palate cleanser, like refresher, like just something different. I wouldn't yeah. want a whole lot of shows like it, uh, but it being the, the kind of the only one of its kind right now, I'm okay with that. Um, but if we had numerous shows that were like this, I don't know if I'd be super into them personally. It's just well, not the type of
1: Watchmen show.
0: Yeah, I, see, I'm interested in that. I think it, it tackles some of the stuff very similarly, but I think Watchmen goes more serious, whereas Boys goes more dark.
1: Cerebral. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's 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 interesting. Um, I am liking it though. Uh, I'm also at the beginning of Doom Patrol as well. Mm. Uh, Brendan Fraser, I think, is a standout of that show. When the preview stuff for uh, Cyborgs look came out i remember me and you talked about it and i think you thought it was really good for a tv show of its budget i do agree with you i I think it's solid for what they have it just doesn't feel right to me you know it just is like to me anything is better than the
1: skinny skeleton robo skeleton (laughs) that we got in justice league 2017 yeah Uh, where it was ridiculously atrocious so
0: yeah, because cyborg is half man, half machine, and in Justice League it was like all machine with a slice of human face. You know, it's very weird. Well, that wasn't the problem. Like
1: that's pretty much how he is in the comic. Is just like his head, right? Yeah. But it was just it looked, the CG looked so bad, and he was like he looked like somebody from iRobot. Like he was this skinny, like it looked like a skeleton, but was you know a robot. Um, and it was just it just looked. Awful, it did not look like the bulky football player that uh, Cyborg is. Like a real.
0: powerhouse, yeah. That's, right. an, that's that's a problem a little bit with the guy in Doom Patrol 2 because he's not a very big guy either. He doesn't have a large stature. Yeah, statue. he's more like, <laughs> like
1: track and field
0: than football. <laughs> exactly. Um, the other thing with the Justice League Cyborg is there was so many literal moving parts in that design that it was trying to be a CG showpiece but it just got lost in the mix. It reminds me of what the problem a lot of people have with the Transformers movies, where there's, like, so much going on with the motion of the metal and CG and stuff that you kind of lose yourself in it. With Cyborg, I think it was, like, there was way too much movement. On top of him being small in stature, just, like, there was too much going on. They were trying to, like, boast the CG, and it's just, like, it's you kind of overdid it. Like, you know, simple simple is more. You know, CG, less is man. more. Um, in terms of anything else, haven't caught up on the comics this week, so... I know people... Uh, the J.J. Abrams Spider-Man number one came out, which I'm interested to get into. That. Uh, House of X uh, 5 came out this week. Haven't read that either. Excited to get into that. Um, what else? Nothing, really. So uh, what I wanted to pitch to you two is... Uh, to you, not you two. Uh, not a real, real big fan of that band. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, did you have a chance to play Borderlands 3? I did, indeed. I popped her in and
1: uh, got started with the Siren uh, which I would say I I usually play as if it's an option in Borderlands which it usually is so um, I would say I'm not super far in I, I don't think I'm far enough into the game to give it like a total judgment I guess Yeah. Um, But uh, it is so far to kind of surmise, I would say that it is uh, refined Borderlands. Okay. I think you probably know exactly what I mean by saying that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which, if this game came out in 2013, 2014, I think would be great. But it's 2019. And Borderlands 2 came out in 2012. I know there's been the pre-sequel, which is actually super solid. But I I guess I'll, I'll get all this out for the last time since I've talked about this shit so much, Jared. But what Gearbox did under the tutelage and leadership of Randy Pitchford oh, by that going with... <laughs> <laughs> Going for Battleborn instead of Borderlands 3 when they were doing their first big next gen game, that being this gen, I think it's a blunder unlike almost any other. Just like them, you know, going with shit like Duke Nukem Forever and Aliens Colonial Marines. It's tale as old as time at this point with Gearbox, but yeah, it's just disappointing that we've waited this long and the most I can say so far now I'm not as far as borderlands games go, I'm not that far into it, but several hours in, I can say that really my big plus on the game, my big positive is the like, um, quality of life improvements. Right. So, um, different things with the UI and the, uh, like when you're in the store, you know, buying items, Uh, ammo, and uh, not everything, but ammo, mostly on the ground, money on the ground, will just uh, magnetize to your character, essentially. You don't have to press any button to pick it up. Um, I remember that being a big thing for me in Destiny 1 2013, I guess. So, um, even the stuff that they are improving on is not necessarily uh, revolutionary. But, yeah, I would say mostly just... uh, quality of life, I really appreciate the fact that this game has a on console has an option for field of view which is hardly ever uh, the situation, mostly because it actually affects performance because the amount of items being rendered on screen is more if the picture is larger, right? If the frame is capturing more Yeah, right, so I enjoy playing with a larger field of view especially in a first person game and um, I will say I'm playing on a PS4 Pro with the uh, performance version selected. Uh, of course, just like many other games, there's uh, performance or uh, resolution modes. Maybe they're called something different, but we've seen them in many games at this point with the upgraded consoles. So, um, But it's... You know, I think... It's the enjoyable Borderlands game. I We're still dealing with the fact that... That's one thing, Jared, is that... Um, I really, at, my, at this point in my life playing video games, I'm just wondering how certain things just keep coming through in video games and nobody, no studio is able to kind of conquer them and a lot of them seem like simple issues. Um, so it's really frustrating when it just feels like they're not getting it I guess it's the simplest way to put it but um, we've talked about before with Borderlands the fact that your guns are just so shitty at the beginning and they do like very little damage and they're they're just they're like toys compared to what you get later in the game and I was talking to one of my buddies playing it over here and I was like how many people do you think just kind of like fuck off you know, three hours in. Three hours is not an ins- insignificant amount of time. How many people are just fucking off because they're like, this sucks. You know, like I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm getting. If they're not like competent, then they're they're probably getting killed a lot if they haven't played the game before. So, I do not understand why that has to be a uh, hallmark of the series in any fashion. Because I feel like you could give people guns are at least fun to play with from the start and then still add on with unique and cool gear because of how big the grind uh loot grind is in borderlands i understand that you're going to need to make better and better weapons or cooler and cooler shit for people to unlock but i just don't understand why it has to be so like backloaded almost um because it just puts a sour taste in my mouth every time I start a borderlands game I don't get it I like I love the games you know so that's dumb but um, and one other thing is just that like the visuals I get that it's a big game and I get that there's a, a hell of a lot going on part of particle effects and otherwise but once again This visual... These visuals would have been impressive if this had come out at the start of this generation in 2013-2014 as a sequel, actual sequel to Borderlands 2. So, I know I'm sounding like I'm harping on the game a lot. I'm just trying to get out there that, uh... As much as people, I'm sure, are going to love this because they just... A lot of gamers just like kind of eating the same thing over and over again for dinner. Um... I do think that they... I, I just feel like they could have done something a little more special. And that's that's where I'm at with it. So I'm sure I'll, I'll spend plenty more time with the game. And... Um, have plenty of enjoyable times with it. But... Yeah, it is... After all this time since Borderlands 2. It's like, so far... You're not wowing me. So... That's where I'm at.
0: The last question I have for you... Because uh, I've been... I've read some stuff and it seems like the humor in it is like really hit or miss with people. It's like either people are like, Oh, this is that borderlands humor. I love, or it's like, wow, I liked borderlands humor in one and two and even the, the pre sequel or whatever, but it didn't evolve at all. Like it's a weird, like either or kind of thing. Right.
1: So since you asked, I will say that Borderlands humor for me has never been the highlight. Just like a lot of people with the Borderlands story, which, side note, I think is funny. Same thing as in the all the other games, Jared. Everyone talks about how Borderlands story is fucking nothing, and they could give a shit, right? And then Gearbox is just goddamn determined to make sure that there is story <laughs> throughout the Borderlands series that connects back to other games, not just the main games, but also the spin-offs. It's like. Holy shit! I've never seen such a dichotomy between the studio and the audience, where it's like, no, the story's fucking there, it's important, guys, and everyone's like, nah, the story's fucking nothing. Let's play this game, bro. So that's that's funny, but um, shit. Sorry, what were we originally talking about? I went on my t- uh the humor, the humor. So uh, just like the story, I would say that the humor is and always has been for me hit or miss just like you said it is that weird kind of like internet nerd humor it's like i can has cheeseburgers like that type of like low so base makes me level meme, <laughs> yeah.
0: meme like
1: cringe humor right yeah it's like the type of meme that anyone could make it's like yeah dude you made a meme great job that's the type of shit that's always been in borderlands and i think that I personally was hoping for more with the gameplay, but I was not getting my hopes up for the humor. So, um, like I said, I think last week, if if you look at Randy Pitchford's shirts all these years and you didn't think there was something a little off of that guy, like, that, that whole just, like, think you're so funny but you don't realize that no one's laughing type of humor is Borderlands. And so that's where i'm at with it i'm not i'm not as disappointed in that aspect as i guess other people are just because it's like dude what what were you expecting like this is it, gearbox you know
0: i've never been offended by it's just more so that when i had tried no, playing no. borderline sometimes with my friends it's like i don't think this Jeez. is funny you know it's no, like they're it's like really oh not. this is hilarious dude. and i'm like i just don't think it's funny
1: the harder people try to be funny, the worse off it usually is, right? And so yeah. I think that Borderlands is a classic case of the, of the try-hard humor. And Claptrap is funny enough, you know, makes me giggle every now and then. But yeah, there's plenty of jokes and it's just chock full of, like, referential humor, which is also very low and bass and just, you know, easy, lowest common, common denominator shit, you know. So...
0: A lot of it yeah, reminds me of, perception. so I love Rick and Morty, right? But you oh, know yeah. the, the fan base of Rick and Morty that most people hate is the the, the fan right. base that's like, hey, did you get that joke? Were you smart enough to get that joke? It's like, right? yeah, it's not, <laughs> oh, it's just frustrating. It's like, yeah. ugh, yeah. I totally know what you mean. Pickle Rick! Yeah, it's like, Jesus Christ, yeah. shut up. Go eat your Szechuan we sauce. We got it. We got yeah, it, We got, we got it. Which, it's, that's what sucks about Rick and Morty and maybe some people who like Borderlands feel this way too. It's like, you kind of sometimes feel embarrassed to like something, not because of the art itself, but the like the weird fan base the it cultivated.
1: surrounding it.
0: Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. Um, outside of Borderlands 3, I know you're going to give us some more impressions, obviously, later as you dive deeper into the game. Yeah. Anything else of note before we hop into the news you wanted to talk about?
1: So, Jared, I've got something big to shout out. And the Legion season I three.
0: Talk. I don't know. I'm just guessing.
1: No, I talked about that last week. For like, I, I like, I I put my thoughts away on that. You know. Okay. Um. Yeah. So we we have my Legion thoughts, <laughs> complete series Legion thoughts out on the internet now. Anyways. Archived. Yeah. Um, for
0: history.
1: Throughout this show, especially when Dom's not here, I secretly in- inject as much comic talk as I can possibly stuff into the show just because I love talking about comic books and I've become obsessed with them so now I can do that without guilt because I'm talking about a video game comic Jared got a quick guess
0: uh video game there's the thinking spider-man about, about it there's a spider-man Gamerverse no, no, no. comic
1: it's a big one it's
0: uh there's biggin. the god of war four issue comic
1: it's a big biggin Jared big I know you know this comic
0: Oh, really quick, there was a Napoleon Dynamite comic that came out this week that I downloaded that I'm really yeah. interested to check out. Uh, video Bloody game. Know. Video game. Yeah, I got nothing. Those are the only two I can think of. I'm probably missing Injustice,
1: something. Justice, Gods Among Us.
0: Oh, are you starting from the beginning?
1: Year one. Year one. Oh, hell yeah. And Tom I'm Taylor, right? Said, are you starting he... from the beginning? Tom Taylor, he... indeed. Yeah, okay. Art. I will go ahead and get this out of the way. The art is a little inconsistent. Um, I'm now in the middle of year two. And that's the one thing as uh, as incredible, as masterful as this story is told, Jared. It sucks that the art is like an eight. Just a straight up, like, eight out of ten the whole time. Yeah, and it's It's like sometimes 7.5, sometimes 8.5. Sometimes (laughs) 7.5. Sometimes it's great at 8.5. And there's different artists, you know, but it's like sometimes a lot of times the faces just aren't there and it's like fuck man This story is so good but um so i did start from the beginning i'm glad you asked because i had started this is a uh, digital comic from dc and that means that they are obviously only released digitally no print version but they're also like essentially half pages because the thing is like regular dc comics are released digitally i'm sure that's how you read i know that's how i read yeah Uh, and so those are just essentially the printed page in digital form long as it may be so um, this is more like a half page and um, so reading the digital chapters maybe a year or two ago um, I got into it but didn't just dive in right I got you know so many chapters in and stopped And now what I've done is they ended up doing a printed edition and then would collect that into trade paperback, which obviously they have digital versions of. So I'm reading the digital version of the trades, which you know me, I'm always single issue type of guy. And I'm noticing the difference because the reason I do single issues is you have the individual covers with the numbering and all that. And I really love looking at a, a comics cover before I read it. And these, you know, whenever you read a trade paperback, they usually take off like the title and the number and all that. So it makes the cover a little bit different when they show it in the trade. Sometimes you don't even know that you've like gone, gone into on to a new the next issues. Yeah. You think it's just like a full page splash. But all that being said, reading what they did with the print version now in digital trade form, it is spectacular. Um, and Jared, I think, quite honestly, this might be my favorite DC comic of all time.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I've heard great things. It's downloaded, and it's on my, like, to-read list. You know what I mean? It's been there. I just uh, need to get around to it. Here's the thing.
1: I cannot recommend this series enough, Jared. And I would say, like, fuck whatever you're reading. Get on Injustice. And you don't obviously have to do what I say, but, like, I... I love this shit. And I would say... I've been thinking a lot about like what is my favorite some of my favorite DC comics of all time reading Hush I would definitely say that's up there um, and I really love the Elseworlds stuff and Injustice is essentially a long form Elseworlds and even though it's not under the label because they don't really fuck with that anymore unfortunately um, it is draws a lot from Kingdom Come but I actually think that it is better than Kingdom Come which I read recently and I thought Kingdom Come is, is awesome, uh, but Injustice being even longer form than Kingdom Come and being connected to the video game, which I've played through the first one, but not like a slave to it at all. Um, even to the point where I'm like, wait, I don't know how this is gonna work for the video game. Cause I know about this thing in the video game, but that doesn't make sense, right? So we'll see how that all ties in because I'm. It goes injustice uh, year one through five, and then that's when the video game takes place. So it's all it's all prequel, and um, yeah, it is a story that. Um, do you know the premise of Injustice, Jared?
0: I played both stories of both of the games, but if you mean in terms of gotcha. like year one, the comic, I, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So obviously you are aware of the fact that the game starts with uh, Joker essentially tricks Superman uses some kryptonite shit to trick Superman into thinking that Lois Lane is Doomsday and so he takes her into space and accidentally kills her, right? Yep. So then Superman comes down back to Earth and immediately walks in, busts through the wall right in front of Batman and does the invincible comic arm punch <laughs> yeah. with but not even a punch it's like the the hand still straight and they just slice through somebody's chest right um and so then he essentially so it takes from a lot from kingdom come and then it takes from uh a lot from red sun where he essentially becomes uh a little bit nicer version of the red sun superman where he's like totally taking over like empire style And you know, basically kills people that don't fall in line with him. Now there's still like some bit of mercy to him where he's not just like flat out murdering all the justice league members that don't agree, but there's, that's the whole story is that this like budding up against each other and the, the splitting of the justice league and you know how much Batman's willing to push until he's like, you know, Superman's uh, just destroy him and, and the cool thing about this story, man, is that there are s- there are so many alternating storylines that are doing their own thing. and of course they're bumping up into each other and entangling. But they are all so well told that it's one of those things, Jared, where you're reading it and you're like following this story and it's like these two characters, right? And then you flip the page and it just jumps to the other story. And you're like, fuck, I really want to know what's going on with this thing. (laughs) But then now I'm super interested in this new thing. And you're just so engrossed the entire time when you're reading this book. So I am halfway through year two out of five. Tom Taylor doesn't write all five years, though. I do think he comes back for some of the later injustice stuff. But um, so we'll see once Tom Taylor leaves how it is. But I'm interested. It's weird because I also just read uh, his issue, I think, 12 of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man came out this week, which you turned me on to. And that book is definitely a good book, even maybe a great book. But his writing style or his writing uh, chops are not shining in that book nearly as much as this one because... It is an Elseworld story in the sense that he has all the tools and all the toys in the bucket and he can do whatever the fuck he wants with them because it's not going to affect anything except for the video game storyline. So he doesn't have to worry about the main comic book continuity and he totally does stuff that you would love to see in your wildest dreams, you know, with the superheroes yeah, um, on the darker side of things. So cannot recommend it enough. It is already... Um, my favorite DC anything of all time story of all time and um, I'll be going through the book and then re rewatching the cutscenes from the first game since I've played it and then I'll uh, lead up into finally fucking playing Injustice 2 Jared because that's how little I enjoy fighting games they literally <laughs> made a, a series of incredible story based DC fighting games
0: couldn't be more obsessed with that universe, and I'm like, eh, it's a Which, fighting game. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the same page, but it was for me, the story is so great, you know, that I, I don't like it works, fighting games, yeah. but I'm going to buy it, <laughs> you know, so it's like, we're both on the well, same, that's how it is with it's the first a Venn one. diagram, yeah.
1: That's how it was with the first one, but for each one, it's it probably took like, you know, two or three years uh, since the game had come out for me to be like, all right, let's fucking do this, man.
0: For before we hop into the news, for those listening, if you're interested in Tom Taylor, there's obviously the Injustice run that Jordan's currently gushing over, which I can't wait to get to read. Yes. Uh, his all new Wolverine run is very good. It's a Laura Kinney. So X-23. that's what I need
1: to get to because sorry to interrupt, but the Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man stuff is great. But I'm like, oh, the one that I've heard about other than Injustice from him is that all new Wolverine with Laura Kinney.
0: Yeah, and because she's such a nebulous character, he kind of had, not to the same extent with Injustice from what you've said, but he does have a lot of freedom. Whenever you write a Spider-Man mm. book, it's so hard, right? Because you have to stay yeah. in continuity and there's all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Well, it's a Wolverine book, but it's it was all new, all different Marvel, which that's a whole bag of cats, but um, he did have freedom there and the fact that it's uh, X-23 becoming Wolverine. It's different than just like... Hey, we want a book where people feel like, you know, comfort food Spider-Man stories about him fucking around in New York without the whole... End of the know, world, yeah. Not cosmic thing, but yeah, exactly, so... Um,
0: and the thing is, he got to finish his run. So, even with Injustice, where he said that he didn't write the whole thing, he got to write right. 1 through 36 and complete his own story, which is great. Yeah. Um, now... I think he does complete
1: the years that he's on, which is a good thing. But yeah, yeah. we'll see about the years that he's not on.
0: So. And lastly, he's writing the new Suis, uh, Suicide Squad series for DC, which I can't wait to check out. Uh,
1: he just did a, a Star Wars one shot for Rose Tico, and I'm like, God, Tom, you're way too talented to be writing about this useless fucking Star Wars character. What? Well, hey, the fuck? maybe I was maybe like, I'm he, not reading
0: that shit. The thing is, that comic probably has a better story than what she was... I like the character. Oh, absolutely. But It is hard to, to disagree with the fact that she was put in that movie and was completely useless. Like, there's there's no point for her to be in that movie.
1: Dude, it, I absolutely want to see all different types of peoples, peoples represented in film and media of all kinds. But I do not wish them to be pandered to by organizations that do not give a fuck about them and only want to capitalize on the fact... That they are excited to see that, right?
0: Yeah, and even then, like I understand the corporate grossness of it, but I could get over it if there was a solid story behind it. So it's like, if you're doing the gross corporate thing, I get it. If it's like a good story, I can kind of overlook that a little bit. But the fact that there's like nothing there on top of you doing that, it's like a double whammy of like, gross. Yeah. Yeah, she's
1: Um, she is an example of pandering. Whereas there's plenty of other. Great examples of uh, you know minorities or whatever you want to whatever example you want to use being properly introduced where they're fucking people and not just kind of trophies in a sense, you know. So I just appreciate
0: it. On a positive, speaking of that, apparently today the casting uh, started for Miss Marvel's uh, show on Disney Plus.
1: Dude, okay, quick. Journey back to the comic talk. I fucking love Miss Marvel, dude. Have you read any of that book? Uh Magnificent Miss Marvel? Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh I haven't read this week's issue, but yeah. We were talking about the is new it eight or nine just came out? Yeah. Remember we had talked about I, I mentioned the new suit that she had got, the Cree like Okay. I remember you mentioning that, but I couldn't remember if you had like seen that on
1: comic book resources or some shit yeah. like that. Um yeah, dude, that book by Saladin Ahmed is fucking dope and he's also writing uh miles morales spider-man
0: yeah which i enjoy too he's Um, one of my like my favorite writers currently um
1: dude that that dude knows what's up for sure
0: he's funny man on twitter he like he (laughs) he posted a selfie and he was like uh every time i post a selfie i look at the picture about 10 times and then realize why i never post selfies he's a really funny (laughs) guy um are we good to hop into the news Jordan? Huh? Any more comic talk? No. Go ahead, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna start off this this week's quickie news, as we've done the last couple of weeks. A new big fall games coming out. Uh, Link's Awakening. All the reviews dropped the day of recording this, which is September nineteenth. The game launches. Are they looking. The game launches September twentieth. It's currently at an eighty-eight on both Metacritic and OpenCritic. So it's sitting really well. It's so reviewing really now, well.
1: Jared, when Dom gets back next week, I'm going to have to tell him that you once again brought them hot, buttery buns fresh out of the fucking oven, buddy. <laughs> just buttering them motherfuckers up. Hey, dude, guess what just came out? I'm all about it, dude. On that news, just just finger on the fucking pulse, even while we're recording. I love it.
0: The great thing is that I used a voucher on it, one of my two vouchers. The other one's going to be for oh, Pokemon. Word and because yeah. it ju- it's like i'm paying 40 bucks for it instead of 60 which i'm i'm better with you know personally Dude,
1: that that's how i was thinking about getting ultimate alliance cuz obviously that game's overpriced as well the nintendo tax and it's like <laughs> yeah if i use a voucher i guess i could justify it but you know
0: i think about buying marvel ultimate alliance 3 almost every other day i am not kidding, kidding. you
1: you and I are on the same fucking <laughs> boat there because I'm but like. But we gotta stay strong. It's this much, but I shouldn't. I shouldn't reward Nintendo for being that way, and this yeah. side and the other. And I'm just like, God damn it! It's it's the same thing with the DC game being a fighting game, and Justice being a fighting game. It's like I want to play this so bad. Oh, fuck! I can't just go see every DC movie they put out in theaters at midnight. Or Thursday evening because it's a fucking DC movie anymore. I gotta be better, you know. The thing
0: I'll, the way I'll justify Marvel Ultimate Alliance is I think I'll get to a point where I'll have enough coins to knock off a substantial amount of it that it feels like I'm just paying that thirty or forty because go. of all the coins. You also,
1: know? since we've found this out about each other, I say we keep on alert for sales. On sales,
0: the yeah. Uh, I think I'll those. break down by the time our christmas break uh happens for those who are listening for the first time or new around christmas uh december we pre-record a couple of shows that way we can spend a good two to three weeks chilling out for holiday break and all of that and we don't really have to get together to record and we get to play games and yada 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 during that period i might dive in because by that point i'll probably have a good amount of coins uh the other thing is it's currently pre-downloaded too already which is dope so i can't wait till tomorrow to jump in. the thing
1: is when pokemon comes out jared oh shit I just realized uh, Dragon Quest come out in a few days. <laughs> so oh yeah. Either way, when both of those games come out, Jared, I'm gonna have sixty dollars to spend on them if I want to get it. And so I might that voucher just sitting there, fucking <laughs> looking at me like, "Hey, Ultimate Alliance Three's a little bit cheaper this way. You know, it's not as bad of a, doesn't hurt as much, but it's about the principle, you know." Yeah. This is a struggle here we got going on.
0: <laughs> Uh, speaking of struggles, there's a really weird Terminator game announced today. Terminator Resistance is a first-person shooter set 30 years after Judgment Day. Uh, you play as a uh, a target of Skynet who's a member of the Resistance Pacific Division named Jacob Rivers, uh, generic Jesus video game Christ. name. Uh, it's releasing December. It's releasing December 3rd, which is pretty soon. Um, it's developed by a studio named Taon. I looked at their catalog of games. And they're mostly known for, like, shovelware and smaller titles. So they haven't really done anything substantial. Uh, So don't look for this game to be anything more than just... The weird thing is, it's not even a tie-in, right, right, to the movie that's coming out. Uh, Well,
1: dude, they are banking uh, with the video game connections on that Terminator game. Because it's in Gears 5, this game, and there's another tie-in for Terminator.
0: Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yeah, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, Which is just, also about to come out. God damn. Yeah, I need to try to get uh, beat some of these games before that The fourth, I think, is when it comes out. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, I just wanted to mention it because it's re- weird. that It's like an FPS game coming out in December. Uh, I didn't see any information on pricing. If they want to be successful, hopefully it's $40 or less because I don't think it'll sell well otherwise. I think Terminator is one of those things where people have an idea of the license being bigger than it is in the modern age. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. Star Wars, people think of it being a big brand, and it is a huge brand. I think Terminator, over the years of it not having the best of movies and stuff, it's kind of withered away some of that, like, it can still be a good blockbuster, but I don't think it has that cachet of, like, Star Wars, you know what I mean? Well, nothing really There's a lot of that
1: these days. I would say a lot with, like, 80s franchises, where it's like, sure, Back to the Future is a thing that people care about, but... Is
0: Back to the Future a thing that kids care about,
1: whereas exactly. like Star Wars still is, right?
0: Or the Top Gun sequel? that's going to be coming out, Top Gun Maverick. Who knows? Um, speaking of sequels to things, uh, <laughs> Surfetched was announced—a brand new Pokemon. So Surfetched, you and Dom hyped on this in the chat, bro. Yeah, so he's a, a exclusive to Pokemon Sword. He's a fighting type, and if you're sitting there wondering Surfetched, why does that name sound familiar? He's actually an evolution to far-fetched, You know, a little brown bird that held a leak. Kyle Bosman in... Rejoice. Exactly. It's about damn time. He's one of the, outside of like the weird three, like, uh, I guess even they have pre-evolutions. Magmar, Electabuzz. Uh, yep. Who's the third one I'm thinking of in that group? Magmar, Electabuzz, the other third weirdo. I can't uh-huh. remember right now. Anyways, like they even got pre evolutions. Farfetch is one of the general Pokemon that never received a mega evolution or a pre evolution or a post evolution, and people have wanted one for years. Apparently, there was an evolution in silver and gold that was scrapped at the last m- minute. Uh, it was called like Mama Fetched or something. Oh my god, the fucking leaks, dude. The fucking
1: leaks from that—I uh, think it's Silver and Gold generation, right? Where you, where that's from. oh, the sprites. Oh yeah, that the shit the... is so fucking cool, dude. If you look that up, there's this whole, there's—it's almost like a whole other game that we never got of these. Like they look like fan art Pokemon, but they were going to be real.
0: Yeah, um, the thing with Sirfetch like I said before is he's Pokemon Sword exclusive, which means that Farfetch will be Pokemon Sword exclusive because he is an evolution. We don't know how they evolve yet, but from his description, it says only far-fetched that have survived many battles can attain this evolution. When this Pokémon's leak withers, it will retire from combat. So, if you're you know building off of that description, it seems like he'll probably evolve at a certain level, probably a higher level, um, because of the survive many battle uh, battles. You know the experience points. But nothing has been confirmed yet. How you evolve him? It looks really cool. He's all white bird. He has kind of like a sword and a shield, but his leak is a sword. It's a super long leek. Kind of looks like a lance. Looks like
1: a peeled banana.
0: Kind of, yeah. Or like a like a weirdly long stalk of corn. Um, you like know, a like peeled banana. I should it,
1: say. Like the the peel is hanging over his hands.
0: Yeah. He looks pretty cool. I'm just glad he finally got some love. He's one of the Gen 1 Pokemon that people have been wanting an evolution for for a long time. And this has me interested in what the Shield equivalent of this is going to be. Because they usually balance this uh, this stuff out. So if a Gen 1 Pokemon is getting a sword exclusive evolution, I wonder if Shield will have one for a different Pokemon. Not necessarily Gen 1. You know who I want an evolution for, Jordan? I don't know if you'll remember him from Silver and Gold. Heracross. The beetle, the blue oh, like that, the blue I was gonna Hercules say, is that the beetle?
1: beetle? Yeah. I was going to say the beetle, dude. Silver and Gold is my fucking gin, bro. So
0: Scyther was cool and he got Scizor, right? The red like metal version he of was... him. Scizor? Yeah. Um I would say Scyther's cooler
1: though, and I would also say Uh what was it? Heracross. I think he was one of those ones that was like, ah, eh, he's kind of cool, but his evolution could Be really cool, and now we're finally getting, yeah. Man, hoping that we
0: will. I, it would be great if he was maybe inspired by like uh, uh, like kaiju movies or something where he's like a big like Godzilla-esque go. type beetle or something. I just an idea. See, to that point,
1: I will say, other than the starters, really only like two of the starters: the grass and fire type, and what is it, Zacian, Zacian, or something like that. Oh, the I don't even I even remember the
0: Legendary names, yeah.
1: The, only the Sword Legendary looks cool to me, which of course I am cursed now with S.H.I.E.L.D. But, <laughs> uh, um, the Sword Legendary and the two starters are the only Pokemon that I'm hyped on, honestly. Uh, not that there aren't going to be Pokemon that I'm really into, but most of them just have not... You know, I, we've talked about this before. I'm all about cool-looking Pokemon as opposed to cute-looking Pokemon. Like, some And people. the ones they've pretty much revealed so. have
0: been cu- on the cute side as opposed to the cool side. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Um, but it's cool, Farfetch'd, getting some love. That's great. Uh, next up, uh, PlayStation State of Play was announced today. I don't know if you saw this, Jordan. Uh, it's going to be happening oh. on September 24th, which is next Tuesday. And if you're wondering, wow, Jared, that date seems really familiar. Well, that's actually the same date that Jeff Keighley tweeted about. Last week for the Last of Us Part 2 event, remember? Yeah,
1: that's what I thought.
0: Exactly. That's the media event. Um, So, Sony actually gave a comment with this announcement of the state of play to set people's expectations correctly, which I appreciate because they hadn't really done that, especially with the first one, remember? So, they said, it's going to be a hefty show around 20 minutes with a fresh new look. So, they're probably changing up the exact look, the way the whole design of it is. Uh, It's going to include new game reveals... New content from Sony Worldwide Studios, which to me means a DLC probably for Days Gone or something, and, mm. and other and a host of other updates. Don't expect any updates to our next gen plans, however. So it's good for them to <laughs> wow. tell people that
1: setting those expectations.
0: And I just threw in some things here that we should expect, uh, that, and maybe you can say if you you agree or disagree. We're probably going to get a medieval marketing push because that game's coming out soon. Uh, you yeah. know people they want to—they want people to know that a game still exists we're going to get a Death Stranding push probably some TGS footage remixed in a trailer or something wouldn't be surprised uh, and here's the thing that is with that Last of Us event happening Greg Miller talked about today that they won't actually be able to talk about what they see at that event so I'm assuming they're going to get hands on gameplay with it or something you know do you think we'll at least get the date or the window in that state of play because it's they're going to have that media event on the same day for a reason and they're not going to have all these media attendants go to this event and then not be able to talk about it with them not giving some sprinkle of information in the state of play, right? I think it's like we're going to probably get the date or the window in the state of play and then a week or two from now we're going to hear this media event coverage of people getting their hands in the game, you know? That's my yeah, assumption. It's always
1: weird when they, like, embargoes for impressions, yeah. like a preview impression. On a game is always really weird to me, um, but it sounds like it, the game's going to be coming out like early spring of next year, and so I definitely think we'll hear about that.
0: That part of it. The one thing that would piss me off—I <laughs> don't want to get too mad. Piss, piss off is a, a strong way to say it. Is like if it's a like a teaser of Last of Us two, and then it says more information at the game awards right where it's like they they don't give the date but they tease like oh we'll give the date at the game awards it's like then why show me something i don't think that's likely it's
1: all it's but jared it's so weird that this is not this is like the closest thing in place of uh psx you know yeah and so it's just weird man playstation is just in a really weird spot like telling people like hey we ain't gonna be talking about that next gen, bro. So don't even ask. It's like, okay.
0: Well, oh, and when they say new game announce, new game reveals, don't exp- uh, for people out there set your expectations. Don't expect first party reveals. They're saving that stuff for the launch of PS5 announcement. Like that's when they're gonna want to show you the Horizon twos <laughs> and all of that. So if they're not gonna do it at a state of play in you know September.
1: Remember that they technically revealed the PlayStation Five or whatever it's gonna be called in what a wired article
0: an interview yeah with mark like, cerny and a wired mark article like, into, June, uh, a May.
1: pseudo interview where they're like walking around the office and <laughs> yeah. showing them demos and shit it's like
0: hey here's neck three you can
1: visualize it but it's just such a weird and awkward way to do things which is their current mo so yeah we'll see
0: we have a clear picture I, on, the, on the Xbox 2 as opposed to the PS5, which is funny because right. we'll likely get the reveal of PS5 before the Xbox 2, you know, yeah, which is yeah. really weird.
1: I yeah. will say I'm done watching Last of Us footage.
0: Oh, I'm yeah, I'm on that game. I'm 100% like I don't need to see anything else. Um, that being said, when I'm watching the State else. of Play... When I'm watching the state of play, I don't know if I'm going to be able to turn away. But whether or not it's in that state of play, it'll be the last thing I watch. And the only reason I'll see it is because I'm watching the state of play, you know? I'm not going to go out of my way like, oh, a new trailer dropped. Like, I don't need anything else. Um, I wish because... they would just be like show previous footage and then the release date. That'd be great. Well, they you show me stuff they do
1: like a, They do like a cinematic type of thing. I really fucking love the controversial trailer they put out a couple years ago where it's just the scene of all that violence and then the uh, clickers running out of the woods in the darkness. I fucking love that scene, how intense that shit is. That's like peak Naughty Dog riding right there. And of course, people had to bitch about it for no reason. But either way, it's like that... That would have been... Think of how emotional that would have been if you're just sitting there watching that cutscene first time ever seeing it. And you're like, holy fuck! You know. So it's not going to be quite as impactful during the game even though I loved it when I watched it on YouTube or whatever. So I still got the impact, but I'd like to save some of their cutscenes for when I'm just sitting here with the controller
0: on my lap and just hanging out. Because that was so long ago, I re- my hope is that that scene plays out... It has the same resolution, but everything leading up to that is like different or remixed in a certain way, where it obviously it still makes sense and it still is emotionally engaging. But it does feel like you don't exactly know what's happening. I hope it's not the same right. exact scene. Um, yeah, that whole controversy too. It's like video games are art unless we think they're too violent to be art. It's that whole thing kind of right. bothered me. Yeah, um, can eat it too. Exactly. Uh, your the point of art is you're, there's gonna be stuff you don't like, but that doesn't mean it's not art. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. art because I like it. But the moment I don't, should it exist? It's like that's not how art works. <laughs> right. You know, that stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about yeah. this was this was a hot steaming bun, or I don't know how you said it. Uh, for the news because I was literally yeah, typing the, this uh, up. Hot buttery buns, baby. This is something I'm super excited about. I know it will probably be meaningless to you and Dom, but there is a part of it that you'll find really dope, Jordan. This was announced like minutes before we started recording. Uh, Apex Legends Season 3 got announced with some really cool information. So it's going to be called Season 3 Meltdown, which we'll get into that name more specifically later. Uh, Season 2 was called Battle Charge. Uh, It's going to actually be starting October 1st. So the Season 2 is ending here at the end of September. It's going to be adding a new legend. So every season is added a new legend. Season 1 added Octane, who's like the adrenaline junkie guy with no legs. Season 2 added Watson, who is like the the weeaboo equivalent to this game of, you know, we oh talked about how she's like God, the cutest girl dude, everyone fell in love kids with. kids
1: went wild <laughs> for that shit. Got real wet for that shit.
0: This number 3, this third legend being introduced in the uh, Season 3 meltdown is for people like you, Jordan... ...that also obviously play these type of games. His name's Crypto, okay? He's a Japanese cyberpunk hacker. (laughs) The So the really cool thing is his abilities in Ultimate haven't been revealed yet... ...because I like to save that closer to release, right? Um, But they showed a backstory trailer, an animated trailer... ...and he's basically in this room with this girl who's his partner... And he finds this system of this AI that can predict who's going to win the Apex Games. So the Apex Games is the event you t- you do in Apex Legends where it's every the Battle Royale, right? That's the name of the game. Like, in lore, that's the name of the event is Apex Games. Yeah. So he found out that there's this program that can, this AI that can predict who's going to win, which is obviously not great for the betting world because if people get a hold of this, they can fix bets, right? So him and the girl yeah. are talking about, like, the the morality of messing with the tool or, or telling people about it, or being a whistleblower, right? And so they kind of yeah. like, I don't know, what should we do, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, let's sleep on it, and we'll figure it out tomorrow. She leaves his house. He's sitting there on his computer, yada, yada, yada. He passes out. In the morning, he wakes up, goes to his computer, sees a news report of a girl that went missing and was kidnapped. It was his friend, obviously. And he hears a knock oh, on the door, okay. and the, the organization who runs that whole thing of having the AI that can tell who's going to win, the predictive AI, is trying to catch him now. He jumps out of his window. At this point, he looks like Constantine. Like, he has the long brown overcoat. Mm. He has, like, the traditional Japanese look of, like, the glasses and the John tie.
1: Constantine.
0: And he's running from them, right? He gets to this clear area that reminds me of that one shot in Blade Runner where it's, like, the giant holographic purple pink girl on the bridge. You know what I'm talking about? Uh... From it was, what? like, in the trailer. Oh, from Blade
1: Runner 2049. Yeah,
0: the new Blade Runner. Sorry, uh, to be more specific. Really it kind of looks like that same bridge, right, where it's, like, open on both sides and it's over, like, a highway underneath or whatever. Um, yeah. So he's standing there, and then it starts. he starts monologuing of, like, they took everything from me. My life, my relationships, my family. And as it's doing that, it's panning around him. And he's in animation, he starts evolving from that into his, like, cyberpunk persona. So it's basically telling you, like, over the years, he turned from that traditional, like, computer hacker guy into this. And he kind of needed to be this type of outlaw hacker type. Um, Mm. And his outfit is cool. So it's an all-black, like, stealth outfit underneath his bottom layer of clothes. And on top of it, he has, like, this mix of a bomber jacket and trench coat. So it's kinda like the jacket from the Cyberpunk trailers, but it's like longer, right? right? And it's right. all white with like lime green accents. It looks really dope. It looks really cool. Um, and he Crypto. has a he has a little like droid uh, sorry, not droid, drone like partner with him. Crypto so, drone. So my assumption reading into looking at him is I think he's gonna be because there's other characters in the game who have traps. There's Caustic who can lay yeah. down like gas barrels and there's watson who has like um electrically charged fences and stuff i think his big ability is going to be he can hack those like he can hack traps um yeah and maybe his drone has an ability to spot people or something he'll probably be a tracker because there's individual classes in the game and every class has two legends except for the tracker class that only has bloodhound Who's the one that his ability lets him scan like a a certain radius to see if there's any enemies like camping or hiding or whatever, right? I think he's going to be another sure. tracker because of the drone, but he just looks really cool. And for us who are excited for Cyberpunk next year, I think this is a really smart character to release because with this in Overwatch, so right now. with this in Overwatch, they don't have one character in development at a time. You're kind of you don't understand how things work if that's what you believe. They have multiple things working, right? And then they figure out which characters are are in experimentation and for the current meta of the game, what's working best and what they should streamline or, or put in the fast lane towards getting out there, right? And this is a good call because any of those people who like multiplayer games and are looking at Cyberpunk as like the must-play game for next year that they're super excited for, they're going to see this new guy and they're going to be like, Yo, I can, like, live out my cyberpunk fantasies in the meantime. I do, It's a really good call for the legend they're adding. Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention is, so Season 2 was called Battle Charge. And in that season, these, these giant dinosaur-like creatures charged onto the map and changed a lot of the terrain, right? It changed mm-hmm. some of the buildings. It changed some of the actual, like, uh, geography of it. Um, with Meltdown, I think it's one of two things. I think it's either there's going to be some type of volcanic eruption, right, that happens and changes the landscape, which would be really cool, or because he is a tech-based legend, Meltdown could also be maybe removing a lot of the tech in the world, and there is a lot of buildings uh, and computers and stuff, so I wonder if it's going to be kind of like a nuclear explosion where a bunch of buildings get, you know, annihilated or something. There's going to be some kind of shift with that, so... Uh, Just like Battle Charge led to the creatures, you know, charging onto the battlefield. I do think there's something to the name of Meltdown. What it means exactly, who knows. But it will be... It's foreshadowing how the terrain is going to change, which is really cool. So, I'm just... I'm really excited for a new season. I'm currently... There's 100 levels in the Battle Pass. I'm currently at level 98. And the crazy thing is Apex Legends isn't a game that I play a ton of I literally log in for maybe 15 to 25 minutes a day when I get a chance to I see what the daily challenges are and if there are things that are possible like get a couple of knockdowns or play a game as this character I hop in and complete those and because those add up in the daily challenges like if you get 10 of them in a week you get a bonus towards your level up in the in the battle pass like it rewards you for at least just like basically logging in every day. I've been able to get up to 98, which is really cool. So, two more levels and I completed nice. and I still have what 12 days or so. So, really excited for that. So,
1: I don't play online multiplayer games very often, right? Yeah. So, my perspective on this may be warped. But to me, whenever you get these Overwatch or now uh, Apex Legends character intro cutscenes on YouTube or wherever, it always feels like a little bit of a tease to me, like, I understand that it's difficult to have, like, everybody watch a cutscene in in the middle of a multiplayer game, right? But, it, if I were playing that game, I'd be like, well, man, I really like that they have these little character intros, but I would like to have, like, a fully-fledged story with cutscenes like that throughout the game. Maybe not as high production value as those like C G trailers, but um, that's like as deep as it sounds like it's going into with that, it's like, well I would want more, you know.
0: Yeah, and actually Respawn and Vincent Pella have teased that they have ideas for a campaign for Apex Legends. And I really yeah. hope that happens. And if,
1: if, if you're going through these hundred levels, you know, it, it could you could do something like that.
0: And they've already proven they're great storytell ta- like Titanfall 2 has some of the best level design for a first person shooter I've ever played, you know? And nice. the story is it's good. It's not like the greatest thing, but it certainly is better sure. than passable. Like it's not just in the background. But like you were saying, right. with these legends, there's so much personality with them that you already have some of the story there that you can tell through a facilitated experience whereas even like with Titanfall it's like the li- the main character is a generic video game guy, right? Um, mm. and even with Overwatch I wish there was a single player campaign because with those shorts as well it's like it's telling you so much story. I think there's actually a benefit to it because right now you're total out on Overwatch and Apex Legends, but mm. if they come out with a story, a single player campaign for like 30 bucks, right? And it's a fully-fledged campaign, and you can hop in. Not only will they get that 30 bucks from you, there is a possibility, and I doubt it will happen for you because of your, your gaming tendencies. But there's a possibility that those people will play the single player and feel so invested in those characters. Like, say you play the Apex Legends single player, and you're like, whoa, Bloodhound is my dude. Or even Crypto. Like, Crypto is my dude. I love right, this character. Now. I'm not a multiplayer guy. But I want to like play with him and get better with him because I love this character so much. I just want to spend more time with him, so I'll go out of my comfort zone and I'll play multiplayer. You know what I mean? And yeah. there is an avenue there for to get people like you who are completely out to at least a spend thirty bucks or b spend thirty bucks and then continue that tale on the multiplayer section. Without
1: you know, so. disrupting the multiplayer too much, is there a way to have like a cutscene-based campaign where? you are watching cutscenes not obviously during a match or even maybe while you're in a lobby to get into a match so it's you obviously have the option to skip or come back to them in a gallery or whatever but uh you know maybe it's something that doesn't interrupt the campaign the I should say the uh online multiplayer part of it but you're Still getting like this story-based campaign. I've that thought you can about talk this. Your friends about and be interested in these characters, like you're talking da- dynamics and all that.
0: I've thought about this, and I think without, in order to get the most out of it, I think it should be a streamlined single-player experience. But to meet in the middle, I think the only way it would work, honestly, especially for battle royale games where there is no pause, right? You're constantly mm. there could be an enemy around the corner, and the match could end, right? I think the only way to do it would to do it when, like, in a, not necessarily a training mode, but a mode where it's still the same map as multiplayer, but instead of there being other users on the map, it's, like, set pieces. So it's an open world in a way that you can go anywhere you want to in the map, but every part of the map or certain sections of the map have these stories that play out. So you're involved in yeah. them, but they, they it is these set pieces, right? And in between yeah, that's those... Really interesting. And in between those, you could have, like, the typical a webcam thing pops up and it's somebody talking to you, so it's, like, on the top right of the screen, right? So they're giving you some information while you're still playing. Um, there's a couple of ways to do that, but it's just tough with Battle Royale because you, in order to inject a story like that, you have to remove the constant threat of gameplay with other users, you know? And it's, uh-huh. it's kind of impossible, um, but there is workarounds. Like, have it feel like the same environment, but instead of other users, have it be these set pieces. So it feels like you're coming onto an organic firefight, but in reality, it's all staged and animated and everything, right? And kind of, yeah. like, putting that together. Um, because, like, the world is there, the characters are there, it just right. needs, like, the structure and you you'll have it, you know? That's the yeah. most frustrating thing is because unlike PUBG or something where it's a generic and there's nothing there, Apex Legends and Overwatch sure. have these very rich worlds with these yeah, characters. Like they, they, they start going down that
1: path and they delve a little deeper into the characters, you know, more than just like designing them. But But then they don't, you know, have the whole... There's more than just him jumping out a window when, you know, people are coming after him. And then them skipping several years over, like there's, there, once you start the story, it's not just a tiny little thing. So that's why I'm kind of like, ah, oh, it'd be nice if there'd be, yeah, more to grasp onto.
0: Believe me, and I would, I would, I I don't play Overwatch anymore, but I still love a lot of those characters. I'm just like, please, oh just my
1: gosh, man, they, release a movie right before
0: it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something. Uh, that's it for this week's show. Like I said, there wasn't any major news. There was a thing with France and them suing Valve for... It's basically like they're forcing Valve into giving refunds for digital games, like giving people the ability to like, sell them back or something. So it's a big story in terms of like how that shakes out because that can seriously dictate how publishers view digital storefronts and stuff. But it's so much in the early stages of information that's out there that I want to wait for there to be more meat on that sandwich. And I also want Dom to be mm. here because I like having all three of us discuss something like that, you know? The the two man I episodes want a little
1: bit more butter on that bun. Is it, that right, Jared?
0: Exactly. The two man episodes are for me and you to go a little bit deeper on comics and for me and Dom yeah. to go a little bit deeper on sports. So it's like when we all three of us here, that's when there we gotta go. have those serious conversations. Um in terms of what we're gonna be playing, Link's Awakening obviously, control And Gears 5, those are my three things that I'm focusing on because I need to get at least two of those three beat, or at least feel fulfilled with them by Breakpoint, which comes out October 4th, because that's my next target. Breakpoint. What about you, Jordan? Obviously Borderlands 3.
1: Absolutely. Let's see about our little uh, upcoming games.
0: October is pretty big, man, because it also has... Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which I'm also going to get, but that's, like, at the end of the month. And there's another October game that I can't remember off the top of my head. It comes out in later in the month. Obviously, Luigi's Mansion, but that's so, not it.
1: Definitely doing Ghost Recon because I love uh, Wildlands. Trying to figure out if I'm doing Dragon Quest Eleven on Switch day one. I'm definitely doing it because I've waited for the Switch version for this long uh but with all this shit coming out i mean who knows
0: i remember Maybe so i remember one of the other games and i forgot mm-hmm. it because i i don't have to buy it because i have game pass the outer worlds oh. also comes out at the end of october which that oh, looks
1: I, like it's going to be very fun for you fallout fans
0: yeah i think at worst it'll be a 7 i think at best it'll be an 8.5 but it'll probably land somewhere like in the high 7s low 8s you know we'll see though right. Anything else of note? Obviously, we're going to be reading Let's more see. comics, both of us.
1: Definitely going to be reading more of that Injustice. Uh, Jared, do you happen to enjoy the YouTube channel Comics Explained? Uh, Rob, right? Yeah. Are you part of the Rob Corps, Jared? The
0: Rob Corps. Uh, I watch... I watch... A good number. I'm a subscribe to him. I don't watch every video he does because sometimes it's like him explaining a comic story that I want to read and I don't want any previous knowledge of it, right? Um, mm. But I, I watch a lot of his like when he talks about his opinions on stuff happening in like the movies and stuff, like casting rumors or stuff like that. Right. And I'll watch some of his like explaining comics I've already read, but I don't read any of. That's his, what like, I do. Yeah. I
1: watch it more of like an analysis of a comic once I'm finished, and obviously he is much more knowledgeable than I might ever be about comic books uh, in the history of Marvel and DC, so um, I would say that is a big part of it, because he always adds those extra elements that I would never have even known, right?
0: He's comic knowledge comfort food for me, you know?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, um, I watch them, like I said, more as like analysis videos afterwards and, um, really enjoy doing that and have enjoyed his injustice series quite a bit. So, um, also I like comic story himself, I think his name is Benny, but his format of video is totally different where he's like kind of acting out the comics as he's going through them. And I just really enjoy the other format that. Uh, Rob does with Comics Explained, where he's given the deeper analysis and um, just like I said, adding so much more to the story than I would have ever been able to grasp. Even though I feel like I've finally gotten a grasp on uh, kind of the whole DC and Marvel universes, um, but I do like watching um, comic historians, other videos where he's just kind of talking about talking to the camera about. Um, you know, why they fucked up the Hush movie with Batman or whatever, you know.
0: Yeah. I also like Valiant. Valiant's a pretty good resource on YouTube, too. They do a lot of, like, the history of characters, so...
1: I've been watching comic tropes. Have you ever watched comic tropes? Never heard of them. He's kind of a goofy older guy that enjoys um, all different types of comics and is extremely knowledgeable and is good to watch. They're longer form videos and they're not amazingly well produced, so I kind of just, you know, bit by bit get through them whenever, but uh a lot of times he's talking about a lot more obscure stuff or uh just kind of less talked about stuff, um even about more popular comics or comic. Uh a lot of big thing he does is like he focuses on comic creators, so writers and artists and all of that so a lot of cool stuff on that channel as well since we're talking about comics here uh, on the <laughs> controlled interest gamecast. Uh, last
0: thing before i give the the outro uh the other thing i want to mention for a youtube channel have you ever heard of hyper rpg
1: i yeah i've definitely seen a video or two
0: so they their main thing is they do like tabletop rpg stuff right which i'm not really interested in i don't watch any of that stuff they're very popular. They're obviously not on like critical roles level, but they are pretty popular with all of their role playing uh, series they have. That being said, they have these other three people uh, Hector, Adam, and I have the third names blanking. Anyways, these three guys, they're all uh, two of them are Hispanic and one of them's Czech. The reason I'm bringing that up is there's not a lot of Hispanic representation uh, online with like bigger channels. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can seek them, but it's not as common as like obviously white people or black people or whatever. Shout out um, to Andy Cortez, bro. Exactly. Um, so they do a weekly podcast, video podcast called uh, Hyper Heroes, where they talk about literally anything to do with superheroes and media. So they talk about like Spider-Man leaving the MCU. I'm just uh, the Birds of Prey trailer. They react to that. They they just do whatever's happening that week, right? Some of it's long-form mm. discussion of them talking about their feelings on a certain, like, news story. And they'll throw in, like, f- a five-minute section of them reacting to the latest trailer or teaser, right? But those are far and few between. Mostly it's long-form discussion. The cool thing is all three of them formally worked uh, at uh, special effects houses when the MCU started. Like, they worked there when, like, they did special no effects ways. for, like, the first Iron Man and all that stuff. They're really cool. Hector Navarro hosts a show on DC Universe, and he's very knowledgeable about comics. The other two are more about the movies and TV and that kind of stuff. They also have comic knowledge, but he's like the Comics Explained guy of the group, right? That being said, speaking more specifically about comics, uh, Adam uh, and this other guy from Hyper RPG do a weekly show that they recently started that I've watched the first couple episodes of called Comics and Coffee. And they stream it every Wednesday. And what they do is they go down the list of the new comics and whatever ones they were able to read. They get get the big ones and then they get some indies as well, which is really cool. One of the guys is primarily a DC guy and the other guy is primarily a Marvel guy. Which is interesting to see both of their takes on the comics. And they'll... Pick out a specific issue, and they'll talk about it, and they'll they'll scroll through some of the pages and talk about the story or the art or a lot of the different aspects of it, and they'll go through yeah. the comics for that week. Uh, pretty cool. It's very high production value.
1: Um, Ooh, I dig that on YouTube because that's tough to find.
0: Their their videos, whether it's uh, Hyper Heroes, the other podcast I just told you about, or this. They're very good-looking. Like, even their background behind them is very nicely shot because they so do so much of that. what's this
1: one where they go through the weekly comics?
0: Comics and coffee.
1: Um, comics and coffee.
0: Yeah, and it's the cool thing is you can usually just skip through and you can see, like, if you want to hear their specific opinions on a, a certain, um, you know, comic. And that's the main chunk of the show. So usually they stream for, like... I think it's usually like an hour and a half to two hours. I don't watch the entire thing. I skip through the stuff I want to watch, right, for specific comics. And on the bookends of that, they do a similar thing to Hyper Heroes where if there's a certain new trailer or a teaser or some news coming out, they have a discussion about it. One of the big things is a couple of weeks ago, they had a discussion about the Joker movie, and one of the guys... one of the two hosts was talking about kind of the concerns I had too of like whether the movie's good or bad what is this gonna do for people getting the wrong message and validating their own beliefs of like being the white guy who doesn't have a chance in society so it's okay to act out in violent ways you know what I mean so they have some pretty deep discussions too which is cool Um, all three of them uh, didn't really like J.J. Abrams number one Spider-Man which is interesting because I haven't read it yet but It's,
1: you know, Jared, do we need another Spider-Man comic?
0: You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a six-issue miniseries, but my God.
0: Yeah. I read a lot of Spider-Man. It's like, oh, another Spider-Man. I Um, I love
1: Spider-Man, but it's like, so far, this is not necessarily adding anything that we didn't already have to the Spider-Man mythos. Not that it needed to, but just saying, like, there are already so many comics that are you know, too similar to what we've already seen before, um, and that's why I like stuff like Magnificent Miss Marvel by Saladin Ahmed or Venom, Absolute Carnage, Guardians of the Galaxy by Donny Cates. Shout out to Redneck by him, which I've started reading. Image book. Um, so that's wh- that's how I feel about that uh, yeah. Spider-Man book specifically. I think. I had kind of gotten off of miniseries because I am I was kind of just trying to focus on uh, the ongoing stuff. But I've caught up with basically everything that I want to be caught up with ongoing. So trying and, try and some miniseries here and there. I was like, all right, if J.J. J. Abrams and his son are going to write a Spider-Man book, I, I want to try it. You know, I want to see what that's about at least. So,
0: Yeah. Uh, for me, the, the Hyperheroes podcast, the first one I talked about where they talk about like MCU and DC and all that stuff... It's currently yeah. my favorite podcast and if you're looking Ooh. for if you're looking for people to like talk like be knowledgeable about superheroes and talk about it in a level-headed, intelligent way and not so hyperbolic, they're a really okay. good source to go to because they're not to the point where it's like cynical, but they aren't like fanboys by any means. They're just they talk like regular people. Like When I listen to them, it's cool because oftentimes their conversations sound like a conversation me and you would have, or me or one of my other friends. Like, it's not, they're not pandering to the camera or trying to be the hot take group. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a very solid podcast.
1: I'm taking a quick look at their comics and coffee here. And I can really appreciate what you're talking about. Like, high production value when it comes to uh, YouTube videos is like, definitely too few and far between so
0: and the thing with comics and coffee that. is that's live streamed so there's a little bit of compression on that one it still looks good but the hyper heroes yeah. is an actual rendered video that's uploaded so that one looks crisper okay. um, but yeah they're, they're a great they're, they're a good source for people if they just want some uh, some information about you know superheroes and like I said if you're somebody of like Hispanic or Latino descent that's looking for some people who look like you to talk about superheroes it's, it's great. It's really cool. Um, Word. That being said, that's been you know episode or issue 159 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. There you go. Uh, Next week, 160, we'll have Dom back. We'll be definitely talking about that state of play. Interested to see what happens there. What information do we get on Last of Us Part 2? Uh, we're going to have impressions for Link's Awakening from me and Dom. You're getting it too, Jordan? Or are you unsure?
1: Link's Awakening? Yeah. Oh, that's definitely going to be a wait for me. Never messed with the original, and um, I obviously appreciate where Zelda's at right now, but am not necessarily always interested. I'm interested in this game, but it's like... <sighs> Zelda's a lot for me to kind of dive into. Yeah. It's just such a storied franchise that it's like... It's been a little bit difficult for me to... Uh, you know totally submerse myself or submerge whatever the word is <laughs> in that series just because it's so it's almost like so mythical you know and of course i've played plenty of the games but finishing them that's a whole other story so
0: yeah all that um, to be said not playing the game
1: on day one jared no.
0: <laughs> thank you guys for listening if you can please go to itunes leave us a review it definitely helps us out in the algorithm the dreaded algorithm on YouTube, you can search Controlled Interests will pop up. Go there, subscribe. The bell notification on the videos helps because the sub boxes on YouTube can sometimes be broken. Hitting that bell will let you know whenever we upload a new video so you never miss it, which is really good. And uh, lastly, Twitter. You can go to Twitter and go to CTRLINT, that's Controlled Interests, abbreviated. You can follow me at Jared underscore. You can follow Jordan at Melamodus, And you can follow Dom, who's not with us this week, at... Uh, Dom's Oreos. I forgot his his Twitter handle there for a second. I was huh. like, "What is it?" Yeah, for some reason, blanked out of my mind. Which Dom's great, and I love Oreos, so it's, it's a shame so that I forgot it. It's so
1: absolutely peculiar. I don't know how you could forget it. It's <laughs> exactly. Like, uh. Okay. Well, yours you have, have Oreos. Is you are in possession of Oreos? Is that is that? I'll have to ask <laughs> Dom what his Twitter handle means.
0: Yeah. Um. Good choice, though. Oreo, Milk's favorite cookie. Uh. Hashtag I love not sponsored. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a great time. Bye.